from the Orange County Fire Authority. This is the Pass Along Podcast, where we address firefighter issues from top to bottom, from your helmet down to your boots. Now, here's your host. All right, welcome to the August podcast. Uh, This is Kenny Dossie, Deputy Chief of the Emergency Operations Bureau. Today is August 18th. Uh, Today I have Battalion Chief Jason Sulzer with me. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. Yeah, we're glad that you're here. And and remember, this podcast is just another means for us to communicate. Uh, there's all the other means that are still out there are still valid. Uh, this is just one more way for us to get the information out. So uh, when I heard you were coming in, I, uh, I got a group of questions together. And uh, I'll start with the one I've asked everybody. Just can you tell me a little bit about your fire service career? Sure. Um, again, uh, my name is Jason Sulzer. I'm currently assigned to Battalion 5 on C-Shift. Uh, additionally, I um, have been put in charge of managing the um, crash program at John Wayne Airport for the uh, ARF program. Um, I've been in the fire service about 25 years. Uh, had an opportunity to start my career in Huntington Beach and then um, did end up uh, lateraling back here as a lateral paramedic. I started here as a PCF, so coming home was kind of important to me. I've had the opportunity to hold all the ranks in the organization uh, at several different positions. I'm currently as battalion chief and and still learning my way around here. I've been a battalion chief coming up on two years. Good. Thanks for that uh, overview. Um, How did you get involved uh, as the manager of the John Wayne Airport for the ARF program? So the ARF program is... uh, it's always been managed by a field battalion chief, uh, generally associated with Battalion 5. Uh, when I promoted, I was assigned to Battalion 5. And when we had some uh, retirements through the program, I had the opportunity to step in there. I'd been an engineer at Station 28, so I had an affiliation with the airport um, previously. So I was excited for the opportunity and raised my hand and asked for the opportunity to manage the program. Well, good. That, uh, that makes sense. Um, can you kind of give us a brief overview of the services that, uh, OCFA provides at the airport? Sure. Obviously it's, uh, it's a very robust program. Um, it is, John Wayne is a smaller airport, but it's very busy. Um, it usually sees somewhere in the vicinity of 9 million passengers, uh, that travel through the airport annually. Uh, we're one of the two airports in Orange County area, obviously, uh, the second one being at Fullerton. And they primarily focus on the general aviation where John Wayne has the commercial traffic as well. There's two total runways there at John Wayne uh, to incorporate both the general aviation and the commercial. Um, Currently, John Wayne Airport is an index C airport and it has a total of 22 gates. Um, Generally, the largest passenger aircraft that will land there is an A310-300. Um, but the gates can accommodate a larger aircraft, which are generally some of the um, delivery aircraft that are coming in for uh, FedEx um, when they do their, their arrivals. Um, we work very closely with federal, state, and local governments. Includes the FAA, the NTSB, TSA, and Fish and Game. So with that... Um, On-duty personnel, we generally have six individuals who are on duty 24 hours a day. That includes two engineers, three firefighters, and a fire captain. The ARF personnel, uh, we select them through a competitive interview process. 
and they're required to pass uh, the ARF Academy prior to being assigned. And I know we'll talk about this a little bit later on, specifically with some questioning. Because of uh, the large uh, on-site fuel farms we have there, the JWA and ARF personnel also attend um, specialized training for the flammable liquids. And then we also do the inspections on a regular basis there for the airport. So it's more than just the uh, crash rescue firefighting um, capabilities. We provide additional services there at the airport for that. Yeah, I think uh, primarily, like I say, we'll talk about some of the specific training down the road for those individuals interested in the program. Um, you know, we can be more yeah, specific. Why, why don't I just jump right into that? Um, how, how would someone that's interested in the ARF program that works here for OCFA, how would they get involved or transfer in or what are the requirements? So similar to most of the other specialized uh, programs we have within Orange County Fire, um, it's a competitive interview process. Um, generally, when we are putting out an intent to do those interviews, we get a very good uh, number of applicants. Um, what I would encourage individuals is to uh, reach out to those individuals at Station 33 if you're interested. Get some of the uh, exposure to the airfield. Um, understand what some of the expectations are of the program. Make sure it's something that's going to be a good fit for you. And then put your name in the hat when we do those part-time recruitments. Um, again, it's it's competitive, um, but I think that's good. That shows that the program has come a long way. And we have a lot of individuals that are very interested in uh, joining that uh, force for crash rescue firefighting. Yeah, I know. I, I hear about the uh, competition now to get over there, which is definitely a change from the past. So um, that's that's good to hear. Um, you know, OCFA has the contract over there, but you know, you hear the the contract is negotiated every so often. So so how does that work, and and where are we in that process? So the um, the ARF contract with JWA, it's uh, it's a separate agreement that we have uh, through a JPA agreement. Um, and that incorporates all of our, uh, partner cities that are within the County. Um, it's more of a cost recovery contract, which means that the revenues received by OCFA cover the expenses we incur to provide that contracted service. Uh, we are a vendor to JWA and that we provide staffing for all the JWA owned aircraft, uh, rescue firefighting apparatus and equipment. Um, generally every five years it comes up for renewal. We're currently in that process right now. Um, we had a unanimous support from our JPA board at our last JPA board meeting to continue the contracted services. Uh, our next step is uh, beginning of September, we're gonna sit down with the um, board of directors for Orange County and get the approval for them for that contract extension. That'll be extended out for five years. And we do have the opportunity to side letter agree with uh, both JWA and the board of directors for additional years on that five years. So it's it's in process and almost complete right now, it sounds like. Correct. Um, it's expected that the new five-year term uh, will kick off about December 1st with the anticipation of approval across the board, and that'll run through the end of November 2027. That'll be good. That'll be good to lock that in. Yes. Um, switching gears, um, kind of as an operational standpoint, um, if an outside unit, whether it's OCFA or not OCFA, responds to the airport for whatever reason, um, what are some of the procedures or like, I always hear you don't have a badge. So, um, you know, what, what do they do in that particular case? 
So for the airport, um, as with all airports nationwide, uh, there are the CETA areas that require the specialized badging. Um, that's what you'll hear when it's referred to as the badge. Um, typically for the Orange County Fire Authority members who are badged, it's a red badge. We have the ability to enter any area of the airport um, through, this, through the badging. The individuals who are at 33s are all uh they all obtain and maintain the red badge, as well as the uh, crew members at Station 28. So both Engine and Truck 28 crew members have those badges, uh, as well as the Battalion 5 and Battalion 9 Chiefs. If you do not have the red badge in order to enter those um, specified CETA areas, um, then it requires an escort. So for resources that are coming onto the airfield for emergencies that are not badged, They'll respond to one of the two uh, pre-identified gate areas, which is either Polarino Gate by Station 33 or Dovegate on the uh, on the other side of the airport, where they will obtain an escort to come onto the airfield. Uh, typically, if it's a large enough incident on the airfield, the airfield will be closed, so it's a little bit less specific with the um, escort uh, capabilities. However, if you are not badged, you do need to maintain that escort service. And that'll be provided through either John Wayne Ops uh, personnel or the Orange County Sheriff's Department that are on site there. Got it. So one unit just needs one badge with them the whole time. Yeah. Correct. And and typically um, we can escort up to uh, one to two vehicles with us. So if we do have the opportunity, say uh, responding units are at Dovegate and Engine 28 or Truck 28 is making their way in, uh, they can escort some of those outside agencies or uh, Orange County Fire Authority resources that are not badged. Okay, that makes sense. I know you talked earlier about the contract. What other like new equipment is uh, JWA working on or acquiring right now? Is there anything new on the horizon? Yeah, it's um, it's actually a great time. Um, our current Crash 3, which is our um, crash rig that has the high-reach expandable turret, which is the Snozzle is up for replacement. Uh, we literally just sat down this week with Oshkosh to finalize the uh, specs on that one. So that one is gonna be uh, probably rolling in off of the assembly line uh, by this time next year. So we'll have a new heavy crash rig. Um, currently our crane uh, that provides the ability to clear aircraft off the runway in an emergency is gonna be replaced within the next year. We're also gonna replace our tug um, our tug is utilized uh, on the smaller aircraft when they are disabled on the runway that we can pull them off. So uh, with that being said, we're basically continuing to replace uh, most of our fleet. As I mentioned before, all of the aircraft, I'm sorry, all of the apparatus that is at the airport is owned by John Wayne Airport. So we work hand in hand with them to finalize the specs um, and all the purchasing is done through John Wayne Airport. Um, but we are working hand in hand with them to make sure that the specs meet the requirements for what we're going to do for those crash rescue operations. So they pay, but you guys get to choose what, what makes sense over there. Correct. Uh, and like I say, um, Oshkosh is our primary brand. Um, we've met with them and we're moving forward with that current purchase of a new, uh, heavy rescue apparatus. Good. Um, I know when I've been over there, there seems to always be a little bit of, uh, differences in frequencies and communications or there's challenges, I should say. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Um, maybe if somebody's coming in there or just some of the differences as far as that goes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as everyone in the department should be aware, 4-Alpha is the primary tactical frequency for the crash rescue units. 
So they'll be utilizing 4-Alpha for all the orchestration and movement um, on the airport area in a crash emergency. So they're doing a lot of communication on 4-Alpha. Uh, as units are responding into the airport, they'll have a designated tactical frequency, and the expectation is that they will monitor that tactical frequency. Uh, primarily, it's going to either be 5 Delta or 5 November for that area. Um, but then the crash captain, who is uh, located on crash one, will be doing his orchestration on 4 Alpha and then his communications with all incoming units and operations on the other designated frequencies, which include a silver frequency for the sheriffs and then also the assigned tactical frequency for the incident. Well, so he can be pretty busy, I guess. He's very busy in there. Um, and generally, you will see that the uh, crash captain has um, got himself secured in his vehicle in an advantageous location so he can manage all the radios as well as keep an eye on what the operations are and how they're proceeding. Well, that's really good. I really appreciate you coming in and, uh, and reviewing the crash fire rescue uh, over there at John Wayne Airport. It sounds like there's some really good stuff happening over there. Okay, well, that concludes the questions that I had for you, uh, Chief. I really appreciate you coming in um, and sitting down and explaining uh, what's going on over at John Wayne. And it sounds like there's some exciting stuff going on and, and some definite changes. Is there anything that you'd like to elaborate on or that we didn't cover? Yeah, I'd just like to add, um, I think where we are with the program right now, we're in a great location um, and a great position. Uh, the airport operations guys are very excited about the services we provide. Uh, they've been very supportive. Um, we've had the opportunity to uh, reach out and send our, our personnel to a lot of um, extensive training. Uh, obviously, they're expected to complete their annual uh, 139 burn, which we primarily do in San Bernardino for the proximity. Uh, however, we've developed a really good working relationship with Dallas-Fort Worth. We've sent a lot of our guys to specialized training in Dallas. Um, that includes um, the HRET and EVOC operations for engineers. Again, that HRET is that high-reach expandable turret or the snozzle, um, as well as EVOC training. Um, we've been sending individuals off to rotorcraft emergency training, uh, seeing that we have a lot of rotorcraft aircraft um, that are coming into the airport there. Uh, we're sending our company officers to Dallas for advanced ARF training, so they get a little bit more of the command and control. Um, the advantage is, is Again, with that support of operations, we're sending our guys to these specialized training um, off airport so that we can manage and improve our services that we're providing to John Wayne. So it's an added benefit. And with the support of the John Wayne uh, personnel, uh, it's, it's offering our guys a lot of opportunity to expand their training in that ARF world. Yeah, it sounds like they're getting some great training, not only here, but uh, getting to travel a little bit and uh, getting a perspective from someone else too. So sounds fantastic. Um, I don't have any more questions specifically, but if there's any way you could stick around, I've got a few questions from the field uh, that we can uh, hammer through. If you don't mind asking me, uh, I got a list right here. No, I'd love to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, one of the questions coming in from the field, um, with the promotion of the entire uh, FAE Academy and that rank being overhired for, what is the plan for firefighter paramedics in the near future? They know that there's a captain's test uh, that's following up the engineer test, and they're a little bit worried in the field that we could step backwards to where we were last year with some of the firefighter paramedic shortage. Oh, okay. That's, uh, that's a good question, and uh, that's what we don't want to do. Uh, we realized that last year at this time, the firefighter paramedics were getting forced, um, just like the captains are now. 
and I think I referenced it before, the guys that promoted to captain now are kind of feeling it. They were feeling it back then, and then they promoted it, and they're still feeling it, so we realize that. But to, to get to the question, uh, there is a plan in place. Um, you can review it. It's, it's a, it's a five-year plan. Um, you'll see that we have fire academies uh, for BLS firefighters we're hiring, and then we also have the ability to uh, put firefighter paramedic academy together, a lateral academy, kind of like you came over, uh, Chief. Um, so that, that there is a need and what we've decided is this next Academy that's coming up, uh, for 2023, the first one, we're going to shoot for a firefighter paramedic Academy. We're out advertising it right now. Um, we are overfilled today by 10 firefighter paramedics, but we realize with the promotions that are coming up and the holes that we could definitely take a step backwards. So the plan is, is as soon as the new year rolls around, we'll have a BLS Academy ready to go and an ALS Academy to go, and then we'll make the decision. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be firefighter paramedics because that's where the draw comes from for the engineer Academy and the captain's academies, which we're trying to fill up. Um, we also have some other means to help. Um, we have our internal process, which we love to send our people to school. So they get, um, uh, a, a chance to, to improve themselves. And so we have 12 that are getting out of school here in the next uh, month or so and getting their national registry. I think they're out of school right now, but they're waiting for their national registry. And then we have thir- uh, 15 starting paramedic school in August. And then we're advertising for the January class already. Um, so, you know, just what we need is we need assistance from everybody to, to get good firefighter paramedic laterals. Um, it is a risk for people that are leaving other agencies to come here. Um, the academy is a, a real academy. Um, you know, we keep our standard high, um, but we want to try to get good people. And, and your, the question is being addressed. Thanks for asking that one. Yes, sir. All right. I got a couple more here to throw your way. Can you provide an update on the UTV? Rumor is uh, that the program might be getting shut down. So that rumor is pretty accurate. And let me back up just a little bit. Um, We got the UTV. We outfitted it so we could put a Stokes basket on it. Um, We bought helmets. We got it ready to go. We had the manufacturer come out and train us. And while the manufacturer was training some of our uh, initial uh, people that were going to be driving this thing, really, they were going to be our instructors, they rolled it. And so we took a step back and said, wow, if this thing rolled with the manufacturer out there um, while we had, you know, during a training session, is this this thing safe to move forward? And we didn't know the answer, but we uh, formed a safety committee. Uh, They formed up, uh, looked at all the different options, looked what we've done to the UTV and really the decision came back to, it, we probably need to repurpose this. Um, so as of right now, uh, we've turned that over to the apparatus committee. They're going to repurpose it and we're going to fig- figure out where that fits into the OCFA. Um, and, and that's the plan uh, as of today. I, I don't think it's going to your station though. <laughs> I don't think so either. Uh, all right. So here's another question for you. Can we get some information on the cruise and equipment section and the reported $17 million we're receiving from the state of California? So, yeah, it's, it's actually $16.9 million uh, from the California budget. It's a one-time uh, amount of money, and it's a lot of money, and it's for equipment and a station directly related to hand crews. 
Um, we were lucky enough that uh, Senator Min sponsored this bill. Uh, he's a friend to OCFA. He's been down here um, not only visiting headquarters, but also on a bunch of our fires uh, out there kind of seeing what we're doing. And he sees the need uh, to actually get us some funding. So we got the funding at $16.9 million, like I said. Um, as far as the station, uh, 18s has been determined that it's not uh, going to be able to fit uh, the two hand crews that we're going to eventually end up with. So um, from there, we've kicked it over to Division Chief Tim Perkins. Um, he's working in that section, obviously Special Ops Division Chief, and he'll be working uh, through it to figure out whether we're going to build right there on that site, whether we're going to move to another site and build, um, whether we're going to just buy a building maybe like the USAR warehouse. What is best for the service for today and also into the future? Exciting. Exciting things. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so this is a question specific to our uniforms. Uh, we're currently using WorkRight uniforms. Why doesn't the OCFA have WorkRight uniforms designed for women? They fit different and are designed different for women. So um, this was a good question. And when I got it, I had to definitely do a little research. But um, after doing some research, I'm pleased to, um, to say that uh, that option actually is available. It's only been available for about six months. But um, the option is available, so when you go to order your uniforms, um, you can order them specifically at uh, women's sizes or, or women's fit, I guess is what they call it. Uh, so there's questions uh, in regards to our special area maps. Are we doing anything about the excessive amount of time it takes to get our SAMs updated or produced for new developments? Yeah, so that's a really good question from the field, and I know that the SAMs and the Visio program that we've had for so many years is not easy to use, um, especially if you've never used it before. Um, but the answer is is that Visio is installed at every station um, on one of the computers. Usually, it's the captain's computer. Um, every battalion has a map coordinator, and the expectation is that each station is responsible for their their SAMs. They're the ones that use them. They're the ones that are responsible. The good news is, is that um, GIS and Michelle Richards specifically, who works in GIS, um, she can help scan maps in, like if you get the leasing map or if you have a different program that you're comfortable with or that you use, they can uh, take that information, the basis of what you get, and they can put it in our format so that it's formatted correctly so that all our SAMs are the same. So you, you can work with GIS. They're not going to do the map for you. But if uh, you have a better program or you can scan it in, they'll definitely work with you so that we all have the same formats. Those definitely need to be done. Yeah, that uh, that hits a little close to home with the Battalion 5 area. We have a lot of large developments over there that are definitely delinquent in their SAMs. So it'd be nice to get those updated. Yeah, they definitely need to be updated. They're super important. Okay, that's all uh, we've got for today. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, remember, this is a, another means uh, for us to communicate. Uh, Chief, I appreciate you coming out and spending some time and telling us all about the crash fire rescue. Thanks uh, again. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. We're obviously very excited about the improvements we've seen in the program over there and encourage individuals out there who are interested. Uh, reach out, let us know, and we'll get you set up for uh, part-time uh, recruitments. Well, that's all I got. Make sure uh, you guys take care of each other out there and uh, we'll see you next month.